Today on Unpacked. My mother applied for me. To where? To be in the military. And they start screaming from the minute you get there with your bags. Like, you know, you must stand in straight line. Yeah. They teach you so many things, you know. We, we are taught to also respect each other. If there's no money at home and you feel that you still want to become something in life, apply in the military. What is it like being a woman working in the South African Army? Today's guest is here to share her story. Let's unpack. Having always had a passion for fashion, Bunkefela Mohoye is known as a fashion stylist to the stars. What many don't know is that straight after high school, she joined the military and became a full-fledged soldier. During her 10 years in the Army, she climbed up the ranks and even became a major. This is her story. Let's unpack. Bunkefela, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So when you were growing up, what did you actually want to do or be when you were a grown-up? Um, I've always wanted to be a fashion designer. Yes. Um, this comes from seeing my mother dressing up all the time. And um, I had actually thought of because I started wearing glasses when I was very young, yes. six. So I thought I wanted to be an optometrist, but I mean, it wasn't uh, something that I loved. It wasn't within me. I've always wanted to do clothes. Yes. It was just only clothes for me. So when it came the time where you had to choose which direction you're going to take, what influence did your parents have on your decision? Like what dreams did they have for you? Um, my dad wanted me to be um, an accountant. Mm -hmm. My mother wanted me to be a doctor and they were very far off from, honestly, what I wanted to do. So I was just like, you know, I'm going to go to varsity and they won't know. And what did mom and dad actually do at the time? Uh, my dad was in politics. Mm -hmm. um, my mother was a housewife. Yes, yes. So, so what did happen? You matriculated and what happened next? Um, so I applied to, because I wanted to go and do fashion design, I applied yes. to UJ yes. and VETS, because I was like, if I go to VETS, I'll go and do IT. Yes. Um, then... Was the IT, you thinking of doing IT, was it because that's your backup? Not necessarily. It was just so that I don't have them, you know, in my on back, bag. say, on my back saying look, go be a doctor, go be a, you know, and my teachers wanted me to be a geologist. And I was just like, I don't want all those things, you know. And um, so I was just like, I'll do IT because everyone at school used to like, yeah, no, you have to be an, you know, an IT specialist. So I was like, maybe it's the coolest thing. Yes, um, yes. So when I told my parents that UJ had accepted me to go and study fashion design, my mother was like, there is no way, mm. you know. And, and what was her reason? I, I think she just thought, you know, you're just not going to spend your life making clothes for people. <laughs> I mean, I come from a small town, so yes. everybody in Grunstadt, it's either you are a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, a mm. nurse. I'm sure she was like, you, I mean, you can go and be a teacher, but you're just not going to spend the rest of your life making clothes. Mm. And my father is very good with numbers. And mm. so he was like, just go and become an accountant, you know? Mm. 
um, if ever you decide to have a business and, you know, you'd be able to run your business properly. But I was not, I had no interest in becoming an accountant. Yeah. You know, I could consider probably becoming a doctor, but it wasn't my, I didn't love it. It wasn't my first, second or third choice. Mm. So I was just like, yo, we'll see, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, so... That was that. So what happened next? Because now mama is saying there is no way. What happened after that? My mother applied for me. To where? To be in the military. Why? <laughs> I don't know. They said I'm confused. So they're like, okay, take a break. Go to the military. One, maybe after a year you'll, you know, um, you'll decide what you want to do. And whatever that you decide to do, to do will support you. It's so crazy that you're saying that because you had decided. They just didn't agree. Yeah, so them like, saying, yeah. take a year, go decide, was them actually saying, take a year, come to your senses, and then do what we want you to do. I think they thought I'll maybe want to be a doctor. Yes. You know, yes. and I was just like, oh, well, the military. And you know what? There's a friend of mine who had previously went for um, the interview. Yes. And... She discouraged me so like they were running and, 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 and I was like, I am not doing that at all, you know. <laughs> I'm a princess. I wear heels. I've been wearing heels ever since I was like young. Yes. I'm not, I don't see myself in uniform and running around. I'm not doing it. So yes. I, my mother applied for me. And I was Behind called, your back? Or behind like my back. No, I didn't know. I saw when I was called in for an interview, which was in September. Yes. And I said to my mother that I'm writing exams because it was during the week. Mm. And I'm like, no, I'm writing exams, so I can't go in for an interview. So I thought I'd won. There won't be any military. She went and called the people to say, I'm writing. And then they were like, no, there's other matriculants who are coming in November. Mm. So I went in November to, for my interview. So you actually ended up going? I went. She made me go. I, it was not by choice. What was the, the reasoning that she gave you outside of the fact that you know, go and take a year to see what you want to do. Why was the year in the military? What did she think the military was going to give you? Um, I guess it's discipline mm. and, you know, maybe grow mm. and into a young adult. Mm. Um, and maybe she thought it would help me a lot, which, well, she was right. Yes. yes. Yeah, so I went for an interview in November and... Um, I actually wore a mini skirt because I was like, I've been reading about how you go to interviews, so I can't wear like this. But I wore a mini skirt, and were you rebelling? I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Mm, mm. I was. I had like a mini skirt and you know, a, just a, a vest top, and I was like, and I passed. I passed the psychometrics. I passed. You know, the whole interview. What are some of the things that they ask you that are military related? They actually don't ask you anything that is military. It's more of a general knowledge. Yes. Yeah. Then yes. you just do normal psychometrics where they check where your IQ is and, you know, if you can do one plus one mm. and those kind of things, yeah. What was your understanding at the time of what the role is of the military in our country? Because it's not like we had war, you know what I mean? Yeah. So what was in your mind prior to being within? What was your understanding? Um... It has always been, if you're going to the military, it's because you just don't want to do anything. Because, I mean, I didn't know anything about it. And yes. to be honest, I didn't even do research because I didn't like it. It wasn't yes. anything that I'm going to wake up and say, I'm going to the military. Mm. You know, I was mm. just like, people that go there is, they've been in exile. Now, 
everybody's coming back and you're carrying weapons all around, you're wearing brown uniform. It's not my portion. This is not what I want to do. Yeah. So for me, it was like, ah, if, if you don't want to do anything, you just go there. Okay. Because, I mean, you see them in town walking around. So I thought that's what they do all day, every day. Yes, yes. So for me, I was like, no, not this. I understand. Yeah. I understand. So now you pass and do they offer you a job or they say um, you joining means that you are training and you don't get paid? No. So, um, so you join with, with, with us because um, the training was supposed to start in Jan. Mm. And now it was just uh, end of November. Yes. They told us that we will be getting our acceptance letter and in January we're starting. So you get paid. So from the first day that you join the military, end, end of the month you get paid. Mm, mm. And yeah, so we, we, did, we started training in January on the 23rd. And um, I actually didn't think I was going to make it because first day was tough. What, what is, talk us through your first day and what did they brief you? Because now they say you're joining the military. What do they tell you you're going to be doing in training? They don't tell you. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a surprise. Yeah. And they start screaming from the minute you get there with your bags. Like, you know, you must stand in straight line, yes. no talking. You know, you have to be proper. Now it's like, okay, um, it's my first day. Can you? And um, so we, we, I did my training in, in Kimberley. Mm. So I left Grunstadt to Bloom to take a bus, well, the military bus to, to, to Kimberley mm. for uh, first day of training. And... Um, Hmm. I was in heels because you I were thought, still rebelling. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> so I wasn't. It wasn't even rebelling. Yeah. So on the application form, you, there's a place where you mark what you want to do. So my mother had selected being a, the. So you, it's either you become a nurse, psychologist, a doctor, and 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 the, everything that falls under the health fraternity. Mm. So she had chosen, I think, you, and I'm thinking, okay. Now we're going to, maybe they're going to choose everybody who's going to school. We're going to varsity from here. Oh, so, okay, I understand. Because within the military, there are different roles. You yes. can be an accountant yes. in the military. Yes. So in your mind, it wasn't anything soldier related. Never that. You, as in, I'm going to arrive and I'm going to be learning as if I'm in class at varsity. Yeah. Okay. Because they actually take you to varsity. Yes. So yes. I thought maybe in Jan, because, I mean, orientation starts in Feb. So yes. they'll take us through, you know, the faces, maybe uh, forms and all that. Then in Feb, we are shipped to different um, institutions. Yes. No, it wasn't that. Um, so I'm, that's why I was wearing heels. And when I got there, they gave us, um, you know, those trunks. What do they call it? Um, those steel trunks that... is like a suitcase. Yeah, but it's very heavy. Yes. So they pack all your blankets, your two blankets, your farkban is a, that dish that you see the, the, when you're in prison. They yes. Use it. Yeah, we call it a farkban. It's like a, a tray. Yeah, it's, yeah. With, with compartments. So, yes, compartments. Yes. We call it a farkban. And there's your farkban, there's your cup, there's your cutlery, there's your uh, three sheets mm -hmm. and your water bottle, I think. Yeah. And it was so heavy. And I was weighing like 40 kg. Mm, mm. And you have to carry it from um, the stores where we get it to your room. So they mm. start allocating you with your room, so to our bungalows, and which was probably close to 2 Ks. And mm. you have to walk. You all walk in a straight line. You can't like walk faster than the person in front of you. 
you all walk into. So if somebody's slow and you can't also put it down because they mm. make you run. They, mm. From that day, they, they made us run. So you're carrying this heavy thing and none of us have done that. So, I mean, our paces are not the same. Mm. You know, especially there's men and they were faster than us. Mm. And we were just like, I thought I was, I was going to die that day. And when we got to the bungalows, they're like, okay, anyone who doesn't want to be in the military, here's forms, you can fill it and, you know, you'll go home tomorrow. I was like, I want it. <laughs> and um, they gave us the forms. I'm waiting tomorrow that I'm leaving nothing. Um, yeah, days went by and, you know, you get used to running, you get used to waking up at four, inspection. So what happens? Take us through a day of um, what that training looks like. So in the morning, you wake up for inspection, which is around 4 a.m. As in, we're inspecting that your bed is made properly and your area is neat. Yes. Okay. So you iron your bed. It has to have a seam and your blanket. Mutete. Uh, mutete. Yes. It has to have mutete, like. And um, you, so you stand next to your bed and then they'll do inspection, your boots, your little cupboard. When, do, when would you have gotten your uniform? You get the, on the same day. You oh, get okay. Everything. So. And what is it? Boots? It's boots. It's your, um, your camouflage pants and top and then an overall for when we go to the bush. Yes. And you get, um, what do they call it? A bucket hat. Yes. A yes. Um, and you get socks and a belt. Mm. So, yeah. So everything else that you have. So they give you two pants and two shirts. So mm. the other one, you're wearing it. The other one is ironed mm. in your cupboard and the T-shirt also. There's a way that you fold it. So they give you a box, square mm. box. So that's how you fold your T-shirt. If it's not folded like that, you are going to run. And now... It's not only you who's running, so everybody else is running in your platoon. Mm. If you one mistake, everybody runs. If you know you can't do something right, because they make us work as a team. So yes. if there's inspection, if I know that you lack with ironing, I didn't even know how you're to gonna iron. help somebody yes. because you're all gonna suffer. Yes. yes. So yeah, it was that. So that's in the morning, and then we have a parade where we go and drill. You know, your left, right, left, right on the parade, and then we've got a prayer session. And um, after that, we go to, oh, you run again. Wait, before that, there's breakfast. So after inspection, you'll be running just before your breakfast because mm. breakfast is at half past six. Mm. So for you, from your bungalow to breakfast, you're still running. Mm. Everything, everything that you do for three months, you are running. You are not allowed to walk. The only time you walk is after hours. Yes. But from one point to another, you for, for, three, for three months, you are running. And how, have, how physically active were you before you, you joined? I mean, I could do few... I, I used to be a sprinter at school. Yes. But that's the only thing that I did. Yeah. Uh, but now here I'm doing it every day. I didn't even play any sport because I was just like, I'm not doing it. Mm. I'm not playing netball. I'm not... It's not for me. Mm. And now here you're running every day. It's sit-ups, it's push-ups, it's all these things. Um, so after breakfast, we'll go to class where they teach you now the basic military, you get military history, you'll do, you know, weapon training, theory before you do um, practical. Mm. And um, civic education, you know, leadership, how to, how to become a leader when mm. once you leave um, the environment. 
Um, yeah, so you do that for... Do you have to, like, memorize things like, um, you know, obviously with the president being commander-in-chief, mm. do you have to memorize, like, ministers and things like that? Do you have to go through that information as well? Or, like, military rankings... Yes, it's only military ranking. Um, obviously, you'll know the commander-in-chief and your minister of defense, yes. your secretary. and But any other minister, I mean, it's just general knowledge that yes. you should know. But it's not, you know, something that we would um, study in, in the during your basic military yes. training. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And then I'm assuming you have lunchtime and then what happens in the afternoon? In the afternoon, um, after supper, which is at between half past four and half past five. Mm. Because there's a whole lot of us. Now we eat in groups. In groups. Mm. Um, so at half past five, we have to go and back and wash your... We, yo, now that I think about it, we washed our clothes almost every day. Because <laughs> you only had two of everything. Yeah, and I mean, you don't want to iron the other one. That is, Because <laughs> if I wear it, it means I must wash two and iron. So yes. I kept that one. I was only wearing the <laughs> one for three months. That you get ready yes. for the next day. I got you. So um, you get back, you know, it's washing. It's If you have a test tomorrow, you have to study or they'll give us group work or your platoon corporal will come and say, we are going for a run and you just go running. Now you're running outside the unit, which is like close to 10 kilometers and you are tired from like a hectic day and you mm. must continue running. And we come back, we prepare for tomorrow. Mm. Three o'clock, you wake up, shower. Back to inspection. Inspection, yeah. yeah. When did you guys start practicals? I mean, when did you actually get to grab your first weapon? I think it was around Feb. Because, yeah, we started the 23rd or the 22nd of January. So our first practical was, no. Yes, our first practical was in Feb. But before you go to the bush... You are in class where they teach you how to assemble the weapon, the different mm. parts, you know, in an R4. So mm. you get an R4 and an R5 mm. where they'll teach you, you know, with R4, R5 mm. and, yeah, how to handle the we with the weapon. And they'll give you a big bag. If you're carrying a big bag, where do you put your weapon? Mm. You put your magazine, you know, how to uh, load the magazine, mm. stuff like that. So you first start in class and then we go, we go to the bush. Now yes. we're going to shoot targets. We do target shooting. And, yo, that was not nice. Why? <sighs> that weapon was heavy. Mm. And also we would do um, before first light shooting. So before the beginning of, before half past four, five mm. o'clock, first light, Mm -hmm. you start shooting, so it's at night. Yes. And, I mean, it's still dark, so you can't necessarily see your target. Yes. And, you know, you just see those sparks. Mm. And it's heavy, it's cold, you're tired, but you have to do it. Mm. So it, it wasn't my favorite part. I still didn't enjoy it. Even, like, our seven years into military, I still didn't enjoy shooting. Mm. But we did it, and, yeah. So while you were doing all of that training... I'm assuming everybody in the class is doing the same thing, whether you're going to go into psychology or accounting or whatever. Yes. You all have to learn the basics of being a soldier. Did they explain to you what the reason is um, if you were never going to need to be, you know, front line of fire? Why, why do you need those skills? 
Um, so in the military, um, everyone, if you decide to wear uniform, mm. you can be deployed. Mm. So before your profession, you are a volunteer as a soldier. Oh, yes. okay. So your profession is after being a you soldier. Being a soldier, yes. So all of us, we are volunteers. So you volunteering to be to protect and save your country. Yes. That's the first thing. The second thing will be your career. That I mean, you'll be a psychologist or a doctor yes. or whatever. Uh, but the first thing is that if there is war, you need to be able to carry a weapon as a doctor. Mm. You need to be able to carry a weapon as a as a lawyer, you need mm. to, you know, so you will always be a frontliner, whether you like it or not. I got you. Yeah. I got you. So all of this training happens. What happened to you filling out a form that said, I want to go home? What was actually the purpose of that form? Um, because I just didn't want to be there. But I mean, them giving you the form. Oh, because I said, no, I said, I don't, I, I, can I go home? Yes. I they were asking us, sorry. Yes. Those who want to go home, we've seen the first day, mm. it's going to, and they tell you it's going to be worse from here. Yes. And so whoever wants to go home, here's the form. Yes. And I uh, think it was just not a lot of us. I think we were about 10 mm. that filled the form and, you know, nothing happened to us. The next morning it was inspection and... And you just continued. Yeah, we just continued. And after 30 days when we got paid and I realized that I'm not going anywhere, you know, because I used to call my mother every day that, when are you fetching me? Mm. And she'd be like, no, we'll come weekend. Come weekend, there's no one, you know. And I mean, I got paid. Now I don't have to call people to be giving me money for seats, toiletries, yeah. you know. I'm like, I've got yes. money, you know. And so I decided, okay, maybe this is not bad. Yes. If they're giving you money. Um, so I didn't leave. And I, you actually enjoy it because mm. you become independent as a, as a young adult. Yeah. They teach you so many things. You know, we, we are taught to also respect each other. You taught discipline. You also, you also become disciplined for the fact that you have to wake up at four. It's your duty to make sure that you wake up at four. Mm. And if you don't wake up, it means everybody else around you is getting punished. And yeah. you don't want to do that. Or I don't also don't want to get punished because it's going to be a thing of the whole day. Yeah. And everybody's going to see you. That this one, there's something wrong that she did because she has to run the whole day. Yes, yes. And um, so you also become disciplined. You become accountable to yourself and other people that I need to take care of these people that are around me. It's not mm. only about me, but it's other people as well. Is the training like what we see in movies where there's push-ups and drills and running with guns? Like, is any depiction of what you see military training as in movies, which is very U.S.? Yes, the American, yes, the does American. It, does, does it, is it kind of like that? It is like that. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, so now you you at some point start to specialize in whatever it is you were going to be doing, which is your second thing. What did you end up going into? I studied industrial psychology. Mm. Uh, it wasn't also my thing. So from our group, they chose 10 of us to become officers. Mm. And um, so they took us to Stellenbosch uh, Military Academy, which is part of Stellenbosch University. Mm -hmm. And we studied industrial psych. Hmm. Oh, there's other people that studied something different, actually. But we, mo most of us did industrial psych. Hmm. And um, it wasn't really my thing as well. Hmm. So, you know, three years later, you come back um, 
to, we went back to Pretoria, mm. where we were based. And I just, I was like, I'm not going to be dealing with people. And also I had a choice. One of the generals came to uh, school just before we finished, before our NDA parade. Mm. She came and she was looking for an adjutant. So an adjutant is like a law officer mm. because we also, a part of our, um, what my course was, we did few of the law modules. Mm. So she was looking for a law officer to come and work with her. So they, um, they, they, uh, they decided I should go and mm. work with um, the general. Yeah. So that's how I dodged any other thing, HR and everything related. So were you like the general's assistant? Yeah, okay. I was the general. Okay, I got yeah. you. So in the military, we call them adjutants. Oh, okay. Yeah. In terms of, I mean, you've done the soldier training part. Are you now working full-time and do you have to like still be in uniform when you're working for the general? Yes, you have to be in uniform and also you still have to do other training because I get it is, uh, you need to get promoted. Yes. So when I finished, I was a full lieutenant. Mm. And then, so for me to get to a captain, there's a course that you need to do also inquires theory and um, practicals. Yeah, you still need to go and shoot again because mm. there's different stages of weapons. Mm. So they'll teach you how to operate um, LMG, mm. you know, um, how, there's a whole lot. So there's different stages of whatever training that you're doing for the next rank, mm. you would learn something new. I got you, yeah. I got you. So talk to us about what the rankings are. So we understand which is the first ranking and what does it go up to? Uh, we have the non-commissioned officers, mm -hmm. which is the, uh, it starts from a lance corporal. I don't know if you've seen, it's like a half triangle. Yes. If you've seen the people. Is that what the, is on the shoulder? Yes, the shoulder. shoulder. Yes. So it's a half triangle. Yes. So that's a lance corporal. With one stripe, it's a lance corporal. And yes. then you've got two, which is a full corporal. And then a sergeant. A, I'm sure you always hear people saying yes. sergeant. Yes. So sergeant will be three stripes and, you know, staff sergeant. And then we've got, so we have non-commissioned officers and then we've got commissioned officers, mm. which is what I was. Commissioned officers is the, your madams and, you know, uh, the brothers of we don't really do much after you become an officer. So you you start as a candidate officer mm. and then you your next rank will be um, a second lieutenant, mm. then you become a full lieutenant, then a captain and a major and, you know, um, a colonel, brigadier general, yeah, major general too, yeah. So you, um, once you were a PA, what was the next thing that you upgraded to? That's why, that's when I left, I was a major, so... So, I was, so you were a major, but you were still working as an assistant to the general. Now it's another general, like a major general. Oh, so I started I got as a, you. with I, a brigadier general. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And then, in terms of your job, was it just admin? What was your job exactly? Um, it wasn't just. Ad so this is the thing with. Um, I think a PA is just just a nice way to give to you know the position. Yes. But you are actually doing more than, I mean, I'm always looking at, you know, duties and responsibilities of a PA. Yes. With us, you're actually responsible for departments. Oh, because so you're almost like a managerial. Yes, 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 it's that. So, but I think they can't give it, they can't say you're a manager in the military. So you become a major, mm. a PA is just a name that they give, but yeah. you're a major and then you are in charge of different departments. Like we're in charge of logistics, HR, mm. finance. Mm. Um, what else were we in charge of? Um, yeah, we uh, th those falls under our department. Yes, 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 I understand. When did you decide you wanted to leave and why? Uh, 
Because, I mean, it, it started working out for you. Um, as far as I know, in the military, some people can also get things like housing. You can stay on a military base. So there are some great benefits to it. Yeah, there are. Um, I have always wanted, I think for me it was, it was good. You know, it was sustainable. It was comfort, mm. but it's, it, it was never what I wanted. Mm. And I, have, I had saved my time as a patriot and it was time for me to move, you know, to pursue the dream that I've always wanted to have, which was to become a fashion designer or a fashion creative. At that time, I was a fashion designer. Mm. I left because I wanted to be a fashion designer. I wanted to pursue that. I wanted to be in an environment where I can dress up. I can, mm. you know, create beautiful garments for people. Did you ever in your time in the military have to be called to duty as a soldier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every day. Every, every. I've went on deployment in Devon during the doctor strike. Mm -hmm. And during 2010, I was also deployed. But I mean, I was... Here in South Africa. Yes. Yeah. So I've, I've, yeah. And what do you do when you're deployed? Because um, it's very rare. We we do hear in the media, of course, when the SANDF has been deployed because, you know, there's a strike or whatever the case may be and the SAPS needs help. But in those particular cases where you were, what exactly do you do? Are you basically standing with your weapon waiting for something to happen? Hmm. Uh, I was deployed in the ops room because I was an officer. Yes. Uh, ops room, so it means we were managing all the hospitals around South Africa. This is during the, the, the 2009 doctor strike. Mm -hmm. I was deployed in, in an ops room in Durban. Mm. So we were monitoring all the hospitals in KZN, yes. hospitals and clinics in KZN. Our nurses and doctors were deployed in all oh. the different hospitals. Mm. Yeah, so other soldiers were deployed as potters and, you know. Um, so that's what we do. We don't just, the ones that you see on the ground, it's, uh, they, we've got ground soldiers that are from the infantry. That's what they do. That's mm. their job. They ground um, soldiers. So if there's ever a war, they'll be the first people to be called in. Mm. And um, then you've got, you know, the SAMS, the South African Military Health Services. Yes. Who will provide health services. And um, so, yeah, that's basically what we do. We actually, it's not just the people that they saw during lockdown just carrying weapons. There's others. I mean, we, so many people really don't know because everyone at the time was like, the soldiers have been sitting around doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Finally, they have something to do. Then we saw the video. Yo, people are hyped up, you know, like, because in our minds, the army is there for war and nothing else, but you guys actually have a lot of roles and duties, a lot of departments that are doing certain things. Yes, we do. We, I mean, we are supporting the, the president. Uh, we've got a doc, doctors and nurses that are assigned for the president. You have, um, we've got chefs, you know, we've got um, people that are doing HR. Mm. We have our lawyers. Mm. So we've got also have a military court. So if anything happens within the, the military, yeah, yes. we have our lawyers and we've got our judges that... So there's people actually that are working. They're not just sitting around in offices and playing solitaire. No, it's not that. People, <laughs> they're working. Those people are waiting working. for war. No, we are working every day. It's tough. Yes. yes. Yeah. And I mean, it's not often that you hear of South African soldiers being deployed, let's say, to the DRC or whatever, because there's issues there and we are volunteering our people. That doesn't happen often. 
It does, actually. Really? Yes. Mm. Every year, there's uh, soldiers deployed in DRC, in CAR, in... I'm, I'm sure you remember the incident that happened in Central Africa back in 2012, mm -hmm. where we lost a couple of soldiers. Mm. Yes. Mm. So they are deployed every year, you mm. know, they, we because they work with the UN, so they are always deployed. Yeah. They actually go out there and risk their lives for South... I mean, they are, they are deployed by every border of South Africa. They are deployed there, so they're risking their lives, and people are saying they're not doing anything. I mean, but I understand they don't know. I mean, nobody's with a chalk and saying, you know, this is what we're doing every day, mm. you know? So, yeah, until you speak about it, then that's when people would know. So what did you, what surprised you once you were in the military about the military? Because you also had the perception of the everyday South African. Now you in in it. What was the biggest surprise that you learned? Um, that is actually a normal environment like any other place, mm. you know, it wasn't what I, I, to be honest, I thought it's a different world altogether. You know, mm. people are just, there's no, you know, there's no life. Mm. There's just, you just have to be a soldier 24-7. It's mm. not like that. Mm. You know, after quarter past four, we all do our own things. You, you become a civilian again, you know, you yeah. get the, the chance of becoming a civilian. So um, it's actually an amazing life. Mm. Do you consider yourself a retired soldier? I don't know about retired. And maybe I took a break. Okay, so so can they still call you yes, to I'm, go and get back into uniform if needed? Yes, I'm on reserve force, yes. Oh, yeah. and is that a choice or it's compulsory that even if you go pursue your other career, you're on reserve force? No, it's a choice. You can, if you leave, you can decide that you want to be part of the reserve or you just yes. you want absolutely nothing to do with the DOD anymore. Do you get paid to be in the reserve force? When, you, when they call you, oh, when you get a okay. call up, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So now you are in your second life of career. What are you doing at the moment? I am a fashion creative. I do styling, wardrobe, image consulting, and I have a clothing label. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I also just launched my a, a lifestyle traveling company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what do the parents say now that you found your way to where you originally wanted to be? I think they're just okay, you know. Um, I'm sure they're just like, hi, retiring. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things where yeah. you're like, yeah, she loves it. Mm. You know, I, we're from a small town and I, I, my parents, especially my mother, mm. you know, I think she's just like, but I'm going to office and I get a chair and, you know, working for someone and get yeah. office for and I, that has to happen. And at least my dad is very open-minded. Mm. You know, we understand each other. And, but my mother, Kishore, she's just like, I support her. Marayo, I would love to see her. You know? Yes. Kishore or something. In terms of your uniform, where does it sit at home? Somewhere in my bags. I still have my green um, military bag where I've packed. So the, 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 the camouflage, you return it. Oh. Yes, you can't keep it. Why? Because um, you're not allowed to wear it unless yes. you're in active duties. Yes. So okay. you return it. You return the camouflage, and then, but the other one, we call it a step out. Is that the brown one? 
um, it's like a, a corporate skirt, shirt and a, you know, top, that one you can return. Yes. Yeah, so I've packed them. I actually want to frame my, my, my blazer mm. with all my rings that I've been... I so think I've seen it, so it can have a tie and a jersey. Yes. And then a white shirt inside. Yeah, if you're in the army, you'll wear... I mean, in the... So a brown... Wear, You'll wear white. Mm. Rona in the Sam's, we wore brown. And then mm. uh, Ami is darker brown and then the Air Force is blue. I got you. Yes. I got you. Do, do you actually miss it sometimes? No, I don't. Mm. I miss the money. <laughs> Creative industries, they are very inconsistent. So I, can, <laughs> so, I can believe you miss that security. I miss the money. Yes. Um, I don't miss the military. Mm. Yeah. So we all know that many young people leave school, they can't afford tertiary or they're graduated and unemployed. Would you say this is a great option for a young person who has limited options or maybe is undecided about what they want to do? It's actually, um, I, I would encourage anybody who finishes metric to first start. The, you know, if, if, it's, if it was still an option, for everyone to go, I would say go for just your first year. As in year. conscription, where yes. it was compulsory. Where it was compulsory. Yeah. Just for your first year. Mm -hmm. Just go to learn about yourself, become an adult, you know, become responsible. You know, they teach you about discipline and everything that it, it helped. That one year helps you a lot when you go out there as an adult. Mm -hmm. you, you know, there's mistakes that you don't make because you, can, you know what you were taught. You know, you know the responsibility. You, they, learn, they teach you to learn how to take responsibility of your action. Mm. And which is something that I think a whole lot of, you know, young girls and boys that are finishing school, they still lacking. And mm. you are taught that thing. Imagine when you have to wake up at four and go run. Yes, every day. Every day. Yeah. So, you know, you eat your breakfast without fail at six o'clock. You can't eat. There's no eight o'clock. Mm. You have to eat it at six. Your lunch is between half past 12 and half past 1. So those are your times. You see, you start getting into a pattern of learning responsibilities and, you know, accountability and all those things. So I would say, you know what, go for it. And also because of the opportunities that they have, if, if there's no money at home and you feel that you still want to become something in life, apply in the military. They mm. offer so many things. Everything that you find in the civilian world, the it's military there. offers to you. They yeah. give you free food. They give you, they pay you at the end of the year, I mean, end of the month. Mm. And after two years, you get a bonus. I'm sure now they're getting 30,000. In my time, it was 16,500. Yes, yes. Just for running for two years wow. and just being part of the military. After two years, you get your bonus of 16,500. Mm. And back then, it was a lot of money. I mean, it was 2004. Yes, yes. It was a lot of money. In terms of that starting stipend, how much was that, if you can remember? Mine was 1,550. Mm, mm. And this is while you were training? While I was training. Yes, yes. Yes, and then, so the first year, the second year, it was 1,700 and something. Then the two-year contract ends. It's called Military Skills Development. Mm. It's a two-year contract. So after the two-year contract, they'll decide if they want to keep you or they want to, you have to, you know, become part of the reserve force. Yes. So um, after my two years, it was 3,000-something, because now I was a um, second lieutenant. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, what overall would you say the feeling is of being a woman in the military? Do you think that there are still some issues with regards to equality and things like that? When I left, 
there was still that thing, yeah, um, you know, mm. and um, there's so much that you can do. Even during training, you see it, they, like you can't run because, oh, you are a woman. Mm. You can't, yeah, you, you are delaying the people. Mm. And you don't have to be a crybaby. So you can't cry or you got a blister. Mm. You, you, have to, you have to be like the men. Mm. So every time you get reminded, Hori, you know, yeah, um, the men are better. But this was during my time, because when we started, it was just after, um, well, we were the first group of military skills development. So we were the very, very, very first group, like at Guinea Pigs, Nyana. Mm. So they didn't even understand the system because Lebona... They were, they were figuring not, it out. Yeah, mm. you know. So everything else was, and it, it was kids from, uh, right from school. They were mm. taking age 18 to... Now, before it used to be anybody could apply, mm. but you are 18, you are straight from school and you know, you're coming into the military. So they just feel like you don't know anything anyway, mm. you know? So um, even when I finished, when I was done with my military uh, basic training and I was in an office, I remember I worked with a lot of men mm. and it was not a nice feeling mm. because you still get reminded that you are young, you don't know anything and women can't do this. Only the men can. And I'm, I'm really hoping that hopefully things have changed now. Mm. Um, it's different because a lot of women are joining the military. Um, yeah, so, but I would love, you know what? I would love each and every young girl and young boy out there to join the military, even if it's not for, for going to school, but just to join, just to get the go, experience. Yeah, the experience. Thank you so much, uh, Bunkefella, for coming to talk to us about your experience. I think it's so fascinating because we don't really know much about it, except when we see the videos are locked down with the army getting right. ready yeah. <laughs> to tell people, <laughs> they needed to maintain the order. Otherwise, no, we would all be dead. Yes. So I think it's fascinating. But, you know, let me be the first if no one said, thank you for serving our country. And I think that... Um, you know, when we look at Americans and how they carry such pride in, in serving their country, I'm hoping that those that work on the force, on the SANDF, feel the pride of like, I am serving my country. Mm. And I mean, we don't even know about the lives that are lost when people are deployed. We don't think about those things. We don't talk about those things. So thank you so much. I would find it very interesting. You must phone us if they do call you because or reserve and take a picture, show us you back in your uniform. It will be so fascinating to see. I'll do that. Thank you so much for coming through. Thank you so much for having me. Hashtag unpacked with Rilebkhile. We'll put the information up. If this is something you're interested in doing, I have to be honest, I don't think I would ever consider joining the army or the military, but maybe I would show up for the training. Sounds kind of cool, I must say. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a good night. Next time on Unpacked. I used to hang around with a lot of the African people. I was the black sheep, basically. You were the, yeah. excuse the pun. <laughs> and I was like, no, man, I don't think this guy will like me. I went on my knees and asked her to be, to be my official girlfriend. That's when my mom felt comfortable telling my dad mm. that I'm pregnant. Oh, because it's easier to say, don't worry. Yeah. The, the lobola is coming. <laughs>
Thank you so much for watching Unpacked with Rilebukhile Mamoja. Make sure you subscribe to my channel where you can get to watch more episodes. But more importantly, you can be part of our online community. Comment down below, share with us who you'd like to see on the show, what story you'd like us to discuss. We love engaging with you. Keep it coming and don't forget to subscribe.